0: Hello and welcome back, I hope, to now Back to Me with Denise Bourbon. I am Denise Bourbon, Denise with a C, and bourbon like the drink. And as always in this podcast, the norm is queer, the feminism, intersectional, and if we are funny, we are punching up. With me, as always, is the filter to my cigarette, Philippe Vanda, my producer, without whom I would be royally fucked. We have had a little break uh, because my partner, since six and a half years, uh, my little doggy, died, passed away on, on April 29th. So we had to postpone all the podcasts. So uh, I will dedicate this podcast to her. She has destroyed it so many times. <laughs> I had her with me once and she started peeing on the on the person's carpet and and, and, and yeah that that was so Calisto uh, this is this is to you in doggy heaven. Very sad of course but also it's the circle of life she was older than Satan and as the vet said it's a miracle that she's even alive until the moment we took her there. So yes. Uh, I also want to thank everybody who listens to this who has also reached out to me you've been very cute and I think it's very very sweet when people really uh, care about and understand that yes she was a dog she was my pet but she was of course she was with me for six and a half years I was with this dog longer I lived with this dog longer than I lived with my mother I realized and that's really weird And which is also think about the first three years when I lived with my mother I don't really remember so yeah very long time so that said, uh, I would also like to take a moment to thank everybody still who is supporting us on Steady. Thank you so much for uh, not cancelling your... your uh, prescri- pre- it's not called prescriptions. Subscriptions. Subscriptions, exactly. Thank you, Philip. It's called subscription. Thank you for not doing that. Thank you for still being with us. If we are very lucky... It might be that you don't have to do this anymore in a month. But uh, we will tell you about that uh, in the next episode. Uh, which Now, Philip is looking at me. He's like, don't tell people we might get money. We might get money. So we might uh, juice it up a little bit with this podcast. Maybe we'll have a little jingle. Maybe we'll do a little thing while Philip is like looking. He's like, I'm not having this. Because that mean he would, it means he would have to do that job. <laughs> no, but let's see. Uh, but that's for the future. Uh, so, until then, we are still happy. We are so happy that you're still with us. Thank you so much. And for you who are listening to this, who are not with us, it costs you less than a beer in a bar. Do you remember beer in bars? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And uh, if you can join us for just 350, if you have a little bit more money, you can join us for 5 euros. Or if you have a lot of money, 10 euros a month to support us uh, doing this podcast. Because it, of course, costs a little bit of money. I think that was that. Yeah. Then uh, for all the new listeners, this podcast's theme is, and uh, my guest will now also look at me because she actually has no idea what this podcast theme is. uh, So we're going to surprise her as well. Uh... The podcast theme is, but you seem so confident. People who seem confident to the rest of the world talk about their fears and insecurities. All right. (laughs) Are you excited? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. That's so great. We are sitting today. We have a very special treat for you all because this is the first time ever um, that we have uh, someone who does what she does. We are sitting in the home of a real live opera singer. And now it comes, Wieben in German and Wieben in English. Bravo, perfect, uh, yeah. perfect,
1: <laughs> yes. Do, do they say Wieben? In, yeah, Because Wieben. you're born in America, I mean, it's a German name, but. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, my, I think, great, great, great grandparents on my dad's side moved to America in 1880. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there are Wiebens up in northern Germany still And also in Denmark, I guess there's a Wieben clan I haven't dug too deep into the family tree But yes, it's a German name
0: Okay, so it is Mm -hmm. the Wieben here and Wieben if you're in America Correct, yes I see, I see You're also a performer and you also act Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, you're of course a mezzo-soprano
1: No, I'm a soprano I'm a soprano Soprano, soprano, without the mezzo No mezzo No No. mezzo No. No With the soprano. I, I was a mezzo soprano when I first started my studies, but that's, that's a whole conversation. Can you tell me what's the difference? The difference is, I like to say, where the, the gold of the voice is. So a mezzo soprano sings a little lower usually than a soprano. Oh, it's a little lower. Mm-hmm. Okay. And soprano yeah. is like the highest. It's the highest, yeah. And then within the soprano category, there are subdivisions, of course. There's the super, super high sopranos who sing Queen of the Night. And then there are, I'm a lyric soprano, so I sing high ish. And, and then you have the dramatic soprano, which is a bit of a of a darker, rounder sound. So it has to do with the color of the voice and yeah, where the money notes are,
0: right? I had no idea no. that this was Did you know this, Philip? Okay, yeah. Philip knew this. It's okay. <laughs> a whole thing. Whatever, you don't have a microphone, Philip. Yeah.
1: Um, and so when no, I when So I, when a I, dramatic soprano, mm-hmm. you yours is lyric? I'm a lyric soprano, yes. Okay. But I'm also a kind of a subdivision of the lyric soprano. I am a full lyric soprano, which means that I don't okay, hmm. how do you explain that? A full lyric soprano sings a little bit more of the like the grand dame type of roles because the voice is a little bit darker and a little bit more round mm-hmm. than a regular lyric soprano. Oh, oh, that's fancy. Yeah. Oh, it's all, I like it's it. all very fancy. Full lyric soprano. Yes. And why is it called lyric? Uh oh, lyric means that you sing sort of long lines. Mm-hmm. So if something is, is lyrically written, it's written in a very long full line sung way. Versus coloratura, which is kind of those high fast notes. So you mm-hmm. can be a coloratura soprano or a lyric soprano. I almost wanted to to to
0: I almost wanted like, to say you mean like this <laughs> but then yeah. I was like, don't yeah, do that to me. I like that. Yes, okay, I little <laughs> it like that. Did did your uh, did your like uh the genre group, your mm, did that Fach. Fi- we say Fah. Fach. Mm-hmm. Did that Fach.
1: Find you or did you choose it? Ooh, well, I had a long journey with it. It's an interesting question. It kind of ties in with your, with your theme there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started singing at all, you know, as a kid and everything, I always sang harmony. And I blame that. I attribute that to my mother. She always sings harmony with everything that comes on the radio all mm-hmm. the time. And it's a great skill to have. But usually the harmonies is is sung lower, right? Mm -hmm. And so I always assumed I had a lower voice. And in choir, I always sang alto or Mm -hmm. like second soprano. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided to start singing, I just assumed I was a mezzo-soprano, which is not a bad thing to assume when you first are starting because opera singing takes a long time. The voice takes a long time to develop. Mm -hmm. And when you're 18 years old, you really are a child in the opera world. It's a baby, baby voice. Mm -hmm. And so a mezzo-soprano sings a little bit lower than a a soprano, right? And so I was really training a part of my voice that needed to be trained. Mm -hmm. I wasn't focusing just on the high notes, which are easier and kind of more, they come to you more naturally when you're that young. Mm -hmm. So I was able to really focus on that part of the voice. But on the other hand, I was singing the wrong repertoire. I was not singing the soprano repertoire. I wasn't really stretching the voice the way that it needed to be stretched. It's almost like if I were training to be a basketball player when I was really better at baseball, you know. Oh. oh. yeah. So that's <laughs> I know exactly to use what you sports mean. Sports references exactly. cuz I like sports. But
0: those are two completely I was like they're two completely different sports. Right. But
1: Okay, maybe then let's change it to I was I was playing center when I should have been playing name me another basketball yeah, 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 thing. I don't okay, know. Yeah, 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 okay. But, but yes, quarterback when you should have been uh, a, a defense. Right, exactly. It's playing the wrong role basically. But it wasn't necessarily bad cuz I was still learning how to sing. But I realized once I, you know, I finished my studies, even at the conservatory here with a lot of people saying, not so sure you're a mezzo, but it still worked. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still, I was able to sing it and sing Mm it well, but then once I went out and started auditioning in the real world, I just kept hearing the same feedback, which was, it's really nice, but something's not, mm, I don't know. And then finally I did a masterclass in Berlin and I was just sort of playing around when I was supposed to be singing this duet with a soprano and I was just humming this, her line really high and mm-hmm. easy. And the guy who ran the masterclass, he's like, if you can do that, you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're not a mezzo. I'm like, okay, fine. I was you're like, I'm not- you're doing, <laughs> exactly. They- but I also was like, but I'm not, that's not serious singing. He's like, trust me, that's serious singing. Like, because I thought I was just playing around. It was like, Ah. "Ah." and it was so easy for me, but that's not necessarily, I didn't know that it wasn't normal. So actually it came to you. Yes. It came to me. Yes. And I was sort of. It shows you. That's nice. And I wasn't necessarily fighting it. I just wasn't a hundred percent ready to embrace it. And part of the reason I think is because being a soprano, there are just so, there's so many, it's the most. There are so many sopranos. There are fewer mezzo-sopranos than sopranos. Uh, oh, oh. Okay. And so I, I think in my thing. mind, I was really hesitant to like enter into this world. But then once I did, of course, everything made much more sense. And I was challenged more. And I found things that fit me better. And I was able to sing, start singing better.
0: But that must have been such a relief. Yeah. How did your teachers not see this? That's... Weird, yeah. Or were you so? I mean, you're very mm strong-willed. Do you think that you were? I mean, I know you as a. I
1: know know who I am, and you don't need to tell me. Right. Well, you know, I think my teacher who I started with, and then when I went to the conservatory, I had to work with another teacher, and that teacher there too was like, "Mm, "You're not a mezzo, but but we'll get there." And then my first teacher also here was also like. Let's just get these fundamentals down and see where the voice goes is basically her her route. And then um, I'm back with that the first teacher I was with, and she also is like, "You just needed your time to get here. It just needed to come, which I'm glad because I have um not to sound I don't know it's hard to talk about your own. Craft, do it do it do, I mean? it, do it, do
0: it, do it. But it's um, called this podcast called Not Back to Me. I talk right. about myself all the time even when I have guests. <laughs> so please, no shame.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. So for me, I really have never had an issue with my high notes. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never thought, oh, I'm not going to make it mm-hmm. ever. And I also, I thought that that was normal. I guess it's not. Yes. <laughs> so, so when I was able to finally embrace this sort of as a thing that I can do, it really gave me a lot of confidence and also then forced me to work on things in my voice that weren't as easy. You know, yeah. instead of just, so it was a good thing. So it and, gave you a wider Yeah, a wider, a wider range. range. A wider yes. range. And that time spent working on my middle voice and my low voice has panned out because I, one of the things that, that I'm known for, yeah, is I do have a really big range. I'm able yeah. to go really low and really high. So that's okay. very good. Yeah, see. Yeah. So see you look, at no? <laughs>
0: so there. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> she said with a hair flip as yes. <laughs> she takes a drink of champagne. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yes, we are. Uh, cheers. Oh, cheers um, uh, for, for the listeners who has been with us a couple of times. Uh, I always, uh, we invite ourselves to people's homes and I bring their favorite drink. Uh, I know what you're all thinking now, Denise, uh, is th- what, a quink, what a quinky dink that everybody's favorite drink is is pink. Pink champagne. So
1: dynamic, (laughs) exactly.
0: But the thing is, with Anne, it is actually fitting. We have been drinking a couple of times, let's say, throughout (laughs) the years. Yeah. So yeah. So I know what she likes, and maybe Mm -hmm. this is not your favorite favorite, but I know that you like this. It's fabulous, and I love it. Yes. Good. 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 So tell me. Uh, you, uh, I want. we want to hear a little bit about how your way was to come here to Vienna. So you were born in, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then as I just found out that I didn't know was that you then with 10, you moved to Bismarck, uh, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I Like this North Dakota is just something Just you never think that people actually Mm-mm. do live there.
1: Yeah, not that many people live there, though. No, so it's not.
0: It's actually true. Yeah, how come? How come a ten-year-old, like, how come a teenage, when all the other teenage girls like have rock and roll, punk bands, whatever? How? <laughs> uh, what? What kind of teenager in North Dakota thinks I want to do the opera? Okay, how, okay. Exactly. How, how does that happen?
1: Uh, well, it's hmm, a good question. Uh, growing up, I my mom really. Well, she still does. She loves classical music. And so I remember my sister and I, we would rock out to Tchaikovsky. We're like, yeah, Sleeping Beauty, woo! And like dance around. We loved it. We just loved Don't, it.
0: Cool, cool kids. <laughs> and
1: we were awesome. Yeah.
0: You're rocking it up to Tchaikovsky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were dancing, yeah, dancing around and it was really fun. It, yeah.
1: And uh, I was always singing in choirs and things like that. And then when I had the option to start playing the violin in school, I think in fourth grade, Third grade, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So when, I, yeah, right, right about when I first moved to Bismarck, uh, I thought, okay, I'll learn the violin. Those are those cool instruments in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing the violin, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and it became a thing for me, you mm-hmm. know. And then I played with, you know, a group that did private events. We were called the Strolling Strings. <laughs> That was super cool. Oh, my God. I have a picture here somewhere. I have to find the picture for you. Yes. Well, I would it's love... It's brilliant. Yeah, can we... And can I'm we- wearing like a, a, a geometric vest with a little tie. Yeah. And on my violin, I'm like... <laughs> we need this. Awesome. We need to post this with this podcast. Yeah, okay, stroll. <laughs> okay, I'll, tr- I'll definitely send rolling it Rolling strings. Strolling, Strolling strings. strings. Because we would go to parties, you know, big corporate events. Well, yeah. big in North Dakota, you know, yes. corporate events. And walk around and play things like, I don't know, Waltz at Maxim from, from um, Lustige Vitva and things mm-hmm. like that, and... And fiddle tunes, you know, I could do, like, American fiddle stuff, Orange Blossom Special, that kind of thing, as she makes a violin, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deedle, deedle. yeah, um, And then I had the the opportunity to play for the Civic Orchestra, and it's the Bismarck Manning Symphony Orchestra, not bad for a small local symphony, mm-hmm. and so I was paid for it. So I became a professional musician at the age of 14, yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: and played in the orchestra, you know, and then I got to know Beethoven and Mozart on a whole nother level, mm-hmm. loved it. It was just thrilling for me. And... Then, yeah, I was in community theater and I did summer musical theater and always in choir. And it's great. Bismarck, North Dakota is a great place to grow up, I have to say. Yeah. Good schools and good programs, and it's very safe. And I mean, I'm very grateful for the, yeah. the, cha- the opportunities I had. So. Wonderful winters. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so cold. It's yeah. so fucking cold. Oh, yes. <laughs> I remember one day, Okay, I always had to plug in my car. I parked it outside and I had yeah. to plug in my car before I went to bed. Otherwise, you couldn't start your car in the morning. Oh, so there goodness. was an automatic heater that turned on two hours before I had to leave for school. And if you didn't do it, you had to get a ride. And they never canceled school for any reason. Yeah. Because there were enough times that school was canceled and parents just brought their, their kids to the mall <laughs> and let them <laughs> run around, you know, Kirkwood Mall. <laughs> You know, getting pretzels and yeah. going to the Yankee Candle store. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so the school was never, ever canceled. And there was one day, though, I remember, it was in high school, and the National Weather Service put out a warning, like, don't leave your house because it was so cold. It was minus 70, seven zero, Minus seven yeah, in, zero. In, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, In Fahrenheit. What is that in Celsius? Like 30? No, it's like 60-something.
0: Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus.
1: yeah. yeah. It was really cool. So, of course, my sister and I went outside. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> directly back inside. And you take a cup of boiling water, of hot water, throw it in the air. And it, and it just down. makes it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Loved it. Super <gasps> so fun. Oh, God. Yes. yes. But, I, I, but I hear still, like, for the culture stuff, it was good for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, like I said, safe and really community-centered. And I'm super grateful for it. Yeah? Really, I am. So
0: That's nice. You don't hear that very often when somebody, like, grew up in some
1: smaller town smaller city yeah. i mean it's a city but yeah but it's also really in the middle of nowhere yeah. i mean there's no big city nearby the, close, <coughs> the closest is denver or mm-hmm. minneapolis and both of those are far away minneapolis is we don't think about miles we americans i'm still not over that yeah. <laughs> it's like a seven hour drive yeah to seven hour drive, yeah. minneapolis yeah that's and that's the next big city that's crazy. So, Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And you're still so happy. But but I I can understand that also because you see see so clear that that also helped you to bring where you are today. Yeah. And you moved and you went, you were in in Minneapolis for a while?
1: Yep. I went to, did my undergraduate Mm -hmm. degree in Minneapolis. And then also, so going back to, though, I mean, I really knew that I wanted to go somewhere else. I just had this wanderlust, if you want to call it that. But... This the city was calling to me, yeah. and I knew I wanted to go to a bigger city. And when I was looking at universities to go to, um, I only looked at universities in big cities. There was yeah. one place that gave me a huge scholarship, but it was in a, this little town in Wisconsin. It was a good school, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go to the city. I feel like I'm going to learn something yeah. there that I'm, you know, that I can't learn. Street smart.
2: Tough times in the big <laughs> <gonna> city. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I really was drawn to the, the Twin Cities, and I I've still, to this day, I love the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That is an arts community that is, you still have a little bit of this small town feel. Mm-hmm. You know, my the company that I started, my opera company is there because, oh, there's just energy for it. People mm-hmm. want to be involved, and people yeah. want to support locally. It's, I've, I really haven't seen it in another city the same yeah. way. Sure, we have we have big national tours. We have Minnesota Opera, which is really big. The Minnesota Orchestra is really big. But just as many people come out for Opera on the Lake, my company, as they do for Minnesota Opera. It's awesome. It's cool. Is, and I love the Twin Cities. Yeah. Love
0: them. Yeah, people say that. I've never been. I've never been
1: oh, to the Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's people awesome. say it's say it's nice. Oh, nice. People say it's fantastic. Also that it has this 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 art community yeah. that is that is really worked. do you think that this uh so the the whole g- good experience of growing up in in bismarck and then going to a place like the twin cities that that was also uh helping you feel like more secure in your art like that because you need confidence to yeah. to, to do what you do yeah. you need to have a lot of confidence yeah. and then because you were then in the twin city and then you moved to vienna how old were you when you moved to vienna uh, i was 22 yeah, yeah. So you came here then in
1: nine in two (laughs) thousand eighteen exactly exactly I just noticed like no I have I don't care I came in two thousand four yeah yeah two thousand four yes. Exactly,
0: you're a couple years younger than mm-hmm. me. <laughs> okay, um, so so I mean, did you have and, and did you know anyone here, or it was just because of the the music that you came here? Um, did it was. You, it was you a, been
1: visiting. I'd been once before with mm-hmm. the Bismarck Youth Chorale mm-hmm. summer European tour choir tour. Oh. There's my accent coming out for you. Yeah, the yeah, Summer yes. tour, <laughs> um, and it was great. And it's funny. I found my. I did a travel journal from when I, we were two weeks from Amsterdam to Vienna. Was mm-hmm. the tour. Mm. And the only city I wrote down, I have to come back here, was Vienna. Oh, really? Ooh. Really. That is that is fascinating. Interesting. As a little 17-year-old yeah. or 16, 16 or 17 I was. Yeah. Yeah, I knew.
0: Yeah, exactly. Knew. Yeah, it is mm. the, 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 the the hole that sucks us in. It was yeah. already got its claws, it like, quite grip around you.
1: Yes, the vice grip <laughs> of Vienna. Um, no, and I decided to, it's kind, of it kind of an interesting story. I was in my last year of undergraduate and my f- best friend had just studied abroad, and I was like, I'm going to graduate, and I don't know what's next. Yeah. And I, one of the main things I wanted to do mm-hmm. was study abroad, and I haven't done it. Because you, know, you get into the flow of it, yeah. there's so much to do, mm-hmm. and I was really living my life and having fun, but I was like, I haven't studied abroad. And so I made the decision, and I talked with my parents about it too, mm-hmm. because you know, college in the United States is very expensive. Yeah. It's like, do I take an extra semester or an extra year and prolong my studies to go study abroad? Mm-hmm. And they both were like, do it, just do it. So I did. And I thought, then schon, then if I'm going to do it for, I'm going to do it for a whole year. And then I'd studied French. I'd taken like three or four years of French, excuse me. And then I went to look at programs in France or in French speaking countries. And everything was very general edu- education. There was nothing specific. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing I could see about music in any of them. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll meet with an advisor. And then I'm at this, this is like a because yeah. fate is coming into <laughs> yeah. play here. And I was in waiting for my appointment and I randomly just grabbed a, a binder with the letter A. So it was for all programs and countries that start with the letter A. Okay. And I flipped and right there was study music in Vienna, Austria. And I thought, <gasps> What? <laughs> Why did no one tell me this? And I thought, well, oh, I don't speak German and I can't get two years of proficiency. Usually you need two years of proficiency. Yeah. It's like, no language requirement, intensive German courses offered. And I thought, oh my well, God. duh. <laughs> 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 Pretty clear to me where I need to go now. Yeah. And so I walked in and my advisor like, said, so where are we going? I'm like, I'm going to Vienna. It's <laughs> just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, that was the fall semester of that, the year before. Mm-hmm. And then, so I took one semester of German, I took a summer course. And then I came with really not much German, but I had these great classes. And I really, I loved it from the moment I got here. It's just, yeah, fate, definitely, yeah. for sure.
0: And how come you got, how come you got stuck? I mean, how come you got stuck? We all get stuck
1: <laughs> because it
0: gets very comfortable. And you're like, yeah, oh, I'll just stay a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. I'll just stay a little bit longer. Right. Yeah.
1: A little bit of that yeah. where I, I really fell in love with going to the opera. I mean, for example, the Minnesota Opera, which mm-hmm. is a bigger company in the United States, they do four productions a year. Mm-hmm. And then they do, I think for each production, two weekends. So it's probably six performances of each production. It's mm-hmm. 24 in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, here in Vienna, you have more than that in a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have more than that in two yeah. weeks usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I came here, you know, the great thing was I was already done with a lot of my studies. So my classes were all for me just to learn German and meet people basically. Mm-hmm. So I was going to the opera with those standing room tickets for two years. I would just show up and watch the whole thing. Or if I had to go, I left. And mm-hmm. I just there every night, just that was the hugest part of my education that first year. That's amazing. Yeah. Of course. Just yeah. to see what, what it really is mm-hmm. on this level mm-hmm. all the time. Awesome. And then, uh, I really fell in love with my voice teacher, who's still my teacher She's fantastic. And I was making all this progress. And then I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to go. What am I going to do? And now I have to apply for grad schools and I have to go back to the U.S. And what am I going to do? Yeah. And then the study abroad office where I where I was at IES Vienna, um, they have a position that they offer to alumni called student assistant. And as it turned out, the guy – said he's not going to apply again for next year, so the position was open. Oh. And he's like, well, why don't you just apply to do that? I was yeah. like, okay. So I applied for that while I was still a student there. And they're like, do you really want to do this? Okay, cool. So then I actually started working there while I was still Tell a me, student. Really. Went back to Minnesota, finished, tied up all my loose ends, sold a whole bunch of shit, um, you know, moved out. Yeah. And then I came back here. And, yeah, and then it was going to be for one year. And then I was asked by... A person I know through this IES, if I wanted to do um, a kinder opera, a children's opera up in Germany, a small tour. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, sure. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And then we did our final dress rehearsal at the conservatory because he was a student there. Mm-hmm. And the director of the opera program at the conservatory came to this rehearsal and he was like, hi, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Never met you. You're obviously an American and you're a singer. How are you? And his name is Michael Pinkerton, a wonderful guy. And we met, and he's like, you should do your master's here. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't mind if <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> and so a lot, I mean, really my path, uh, I think it's a mixture of really great circumstances, and I know I'm very grateful for that. But I also feel like there came a certain point in my life where I'm like, "Well, oh, that door's open? I guess I'll go through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of, I want to go this way. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, door yeah. that's closed and locked, and there's no way through. But over here, it's like this gorgeous open door, so... Yeah, that is. Not. That sounds like that. That you. Uh, you
0: were. That's very, very. That's a very good Eigenschaft. Um, what is that in English? It's this gesture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're both gesturing. <laughs> Come on, you're doing I know you're. Eigenschaft. Um, that's a, it's, character, it's a characteristic. Characteristic. Yeah. There you to go. To have to 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 not try to force yourself into when it's so obvious, as you say now. It's a very good metaphor to have this beautiful open door and you and, and not be so focused on no but i want to get into that one when, when that's close and you have to you know tear it down and everything it's yeah. just just try it you can always run through it and yeah, you know go yeah back. You and do go it back. again how was it for you then having like that all the background that you have with like this nice community support and then you come to vienna who's <laughs> basically the crankiest crankiest uh Rudest city in the world, almost oh, at least is. in Europe, and and yeah. I mean it's famous for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, sure how is. how was that? How like did you ever feel? What, the, the, I bet that you were very supported. Like it's it's not it's not so common. If somebody's mm-hmm. an opera singer, it's not so common. So when he comes, you go like see an opera, and then you're you're in, in Twin Cities, and it's mm-hmm. like that is amazing. You're opera <laughs> singer, and then you come here, and it's like no
1: Ja yo no yo, und. Ja, no, yo und. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is also part of the great thing, though, yeah. that's something here that doesn't exist in the same way, just this kind of, oh, you're an opera singer, okay, yeah. I, it's still always a bit of a surprise, yeah, 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 of course I mean, it is I mean, I mean, I'm also
0: very excited about uh, I right. talk about talking about you, yeah, right, yeah, yeah,
1: but it's uh, a little bit more. It's not par for the course. It's still a hole-in-one, but it's... Yeah. I love my metaphors today. They're this sporty. I don't know why. Yeah, yes. I'm not a sporty girl. <laughs> not at all. I love the sport metaphors. <laughs> no, go on. Yes. Um, but yeah, Vienna, I I guess I had a different different way in because I was at this American Institute. Um, and then also, you know, I started the conservatory, so I met a lot of people there. And it's a real international community. Mm-hmm. So... That was very supportive, very supportive. But then you start branching out into more the Austrian and yeah, it, it's still to this day. I mean, I've been here since 2004 yeah. and sometimes I'm just like, seriously, you guys, mm. come on. It's not that hard. Yeah. The thing that drives me nuts. So when I was in high school, yeah. I was a waitress yeah. at the Iraq and 50s cafe where I served burgers and yeah. malts and stuff. <laughs> and it's really not that hard to remember who ordered what. Yeah. And it drives me nuts when I go to a restaurant, they're like, the schnitzel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah, who had it. Or they just come with a tray of drinks with like grossest oh, beer. Yeah. Like, you know who ordered that. If I know who ordered that, you, you know, know who ordered me. that. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Daddy, I never thought about this.
0: And never that is now I'm gonna think thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. Not a not a scene. Now I can gonna get annoyed your, about
1: You're gonna judge your waiters and waitress your waitrons. You're like, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs>
0: I had this thing the other day. A friend of mine said that that she was uh, she was calling some information thing. Like she needed she just needed information about something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I called the information and they were so nice. I know. Weird huh? And then I was like, but do you realize what you're saying? Like, no, she was like, they they I called the information. And they gave it to me. <laughs> I think that was the thing. They gave it to me, and there's like, "What? That's Whoa. just great." And then we realize what, where we live. You know, how right. often you call somewhere, and it's supposed to be the information hotline. You have a question, and go like, "Yeah, uh, how, how do, I, do, do you, I know? What, what, do you you know? Like, what, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Why should I? What? No, I don't know." And that's and then that conversation do. over, yeah. <laughs> and then somebody was very good, and it's like, wow, that's just a, that's amazing. The people just want to call this information hotline even though they don't have questions, right. just to see how it is to talk to somebody who's not yelling at them, mm-hmm. wondering why the fuck they're calling, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. this, I'm thinking, just you get paid for this, right?
1: Oh, it's your, It's literally your job. Yeah, exactly. It's literally <laughs> your job. You're literally the
0: person working, giving out information, and you're getting angry with me. For asking for it.
1: Man. Man. <laughs> it, no, it's intense.
0: It
1: is. Austria. Uh, I love, a bit I love but, you, Austria.
0: <laughs> before we start talking about uh, insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, I've been saying this so many, but I have so many opera questions. Uh, this is something that I've always wondered about. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be wrong here, but I'm thinking opera is like, this is a thing where you perform a lot, like extensively, often, like of, often and extensively in a language you don't know. hmm Do you, I was trying to think about that's, that's it. Right. Because I was thinking like, yeah, of course, some, some people singing English, even if it's not their first language, but Mm -hmm. I mean, they still kind of know most of the time what they're singing, but in opera, and this is something that you hear. And I, I didn't know this. It wasn't. I, I wasn't aware of this until I learned German because I'm, I'm Swedish speaking in English, like nobody sings opera really in English and Swedish mm-hmm. doesn't happen so often so when I learned German and then I started hearing people who are not German speaking and they sing the librettos it's mm-hmm. called yeah yep. because I wrote the lyrics I was like I don't think it's called lyrics very it's called good. librettos yes, yes. <laughs> I wrote this down here on my little paper uh, <laughs> so and then I started hearing I was like is that supposed to be German you know that mm-hmm. it's the words but, but it becomes very obvious that they have no idea, yeah. but they learned it. Mm-hmm. How How do you remember that? <laughs> like What's going on yes, here? <laughs> no, how can you it's because trying to remember something in the language you don't speak mm-hmm. because you can't associate you can't like this is really it's fascinating to me. Yeah. How is that? Do you like sing, do you speak Italian for example? I don't
1: speak Italian. I mean no. a tiny tiny bit. But I don't speak it fluently, Mm -hmm. no. So what we do is we learn the languages phonetically. We just look at it as a pure phonetic experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we take classes called um, Diction for Singers, and we learn Mm -hmm. this international phonetic alphabet. And so you have for every sound that can happen in any language, a symbol. So you can go through and put these symbols together in order to create the perfect sound. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very, very interesting, Mm -hmm. and it's... A bit difficult, um, but it's yeah. You just learn that you have these sounds in German. When this, when these letter combinations come up, it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah, it takes time, and it's its own unique way of approaching the language. But that being said, once you've sung as much Italian as I've sung at this point, you know what's going on. You know the words for flowers and for love yeah. and for treachery. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you know what you know what past tense looks like. What future tense looks like. Um, we also at University of Minnesota. I don't know if it's like that in every university, but we had to take parallel to the semester of Italian diction. We had to take a basic Italian course. Okay. Just so you had an idea of how things were put together, mm-hmm. which I think is really smart. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You know, so yeah, that's how you do it. But it does help if you speak the language because the thing is I, I
0: sing along to to french songs and spanish songs i have no idea what i'm singing mm-hmm. and i probably also do not do but it's like right. you know i sing singing like i hear it uh but that's i'm talking about like a, 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 a line here and there and, mm-hmm. and 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 this is a whole yeah. piece and that yeah. is just amazing to me to i mean I, I think anyways like remembering the brothers this is something that you train for years yeah to rem- because yeah. i mean we have worked together if uh, you know that i can- if it's more than two lines, I will not remember them because I, I cannot, I cannot even remember my own lyrics. When I have a band, when I write songs, I can't even remember that. It's 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 horrible. Yeah. I can remember like the Wikipedia article that I read fifteen years ago that I can remember, uh-huh. but but when it comes to this, it's just
1: really hard for me. Yeah. How as- so? And there's different ways to approach it, and my my way of approaching it is always looking at the language first so Mm -hmm. to say so take even if it's russian which i don't speak just to literally either print it out for me it's even better almost to write it out Mm -hmm. not if it's a whole opera of course but to to write it out and then get the flow of the language first and then you add the notes to it which usually makes sense if it's Mm -hmm. written correctly (laughs) If it's yeah. not written like some things. But then you get into the flow of it. And then it helps just to you know okay, this is how the language goes and this is how the line is. So it's words and then rhythm and then the tones.
0: Ah, so it's like uh, it's singing in languages you don't speak. Sing language. And then in mm-hmm. the end, you maybe make a song out of it. Exactly.
1: Yes. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Does this, do you also, how does it work for you also when you do theater? Like, uh, I should maybe say that that's how we know each other. We uh, we were both in, we got to know each other in Neste which mm-hmm. is an immersive theater company here in Vienna that we were both performing in. Mm-hmm. And that's how we met each other seven years ago. Oh, that is crazy. Yes. <laughs> do you, do you, does this work for you also when you don't sing? Like when you have to speak your lines? Does this? Is,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I guess I think very... Oh, what's the... I was going to say phrasally, but that's not a word. I think in terms of a phrase. Yeah. So I know that it's kind of the high point, the low point of the whole phrase. And that's a very musical way of looking at yeah. things, I guess. But I do, if I have to memorize exact lines, I'll... Yeah, I'll deconstruct it in that way,
0: for okay. sure. Okay. So you're using it that... But you can also remember it, like, that you can... then You'd say it then and don't... Say, like, has it, has it ever... I mean, this is a very silly question, uh-huh. but has it ever happened to you that you're standing and you're supposed to... You know, say your lines because it's a theater piece, but uh, you ac- accidentally sang them instead. Obviously, not opera, um, but doing it like a little melodic. Oh yeah, because I do
1: that all the time. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Because this is how you you work <laughs> I'm at not home. Sure. That if you go like,
0: yeah, exactly, singing uh, in language is you don't sing singing in language, and then it comes out like right. that. Yeah,
1: I don't think that's ever happened, not to my knowledge that yeah. I remember. Maybe <laughs> I have blacked it out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but it, so. yeah, it definitely helps to, you know, even I've done a lot of operetta and in operetta, you do have spoken dialogue yeah. and I speak German. Yeah. But, you know, it's helpful. I have to go back and look at it phonetically and not just as this like, yo, yo, yo ich gehe jetzt weiter auf ein Bier. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it properly and, and, and in the right time and, yeah. and all of this kind of thing. So I'm very thankful for that, the phonetic approach to languages and it's helped me learn German faster. Um, yeah my experience with french as well like you just get used to these foreign sounds that you, how to fit them into your mouth and to oh. think phrasally which is our new word of the day yeah phrase- phrasally. phrasally phrasally i'm going to write that down <laughs> let's coin it before someone steals Very it certain. all of you other don't steal my phrase
0: we have to uh, uh we have to agree upon like how to spell it then yeah. later mm-hmm. uh,
1: so, uh, do you ever get stage fright because the, um,
0: the, the, the because i'm always thinking so opera singers is like the epitome of of divas you have mm-hmm. this idea like this Oh, are are divas allowed to get nervous? Like, do you get how...
1: That's a great question. Um, I wouldn't say I get stage fright anymore. Oh, really? Nope. Uh, But I definitely have before. And there's definitely those moments before something big happened, like before the big aria when you know, okay, I got to get out there. And then you like check that you're... mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Everything's lined up. Here we go. But then, you know... There comes a point where you just have to let it out. You have to just let it go and you have to get out of your own head. And one lesson that singing has really taught me is that you can't stop to listen. You just have to let it out. And the second you stop and listen to what's happening in your head, you're too late Mm -hmm. and you're usually probably going to be under the pitch because you're listening inside of your head and it's not coming out. So there's this, okay, here we go. That just has to happen.
0: You're jumping off the cliff.
1: Yeah. It's now or never, and whatever happens, happens. I can't change it. And that's what's different also than just um, pure theater. In pure theater, you don't have the restriction of a, an entire orchestra, and a conductor underneath you telling mm-hmm. you, now, go, yeah. now. There's no space to fuck up in the same way, <laughs> right? And if you have to deliver a monologue and you forget your word, you can take a beat, think, and deliver. But in an aria, you can't. No. no you can't change it. No, no, of course not. So <laughs> it's Go. It's but then you,
0: then it's the machine thing that happens, that it's just that uh, you press the button and you open your mouth and to your surprise, <laughs> to <I'm>, your surprise, <laughs> it's just, it's there.
1: A, I mean, a little bit. And that's why you practice as much as you practice, right? Yeah. It's really to get a bit into that routine so that you have the freedom then to take a beat. You know, you know, you know that, okay, this is the parameter. And now I know, okay, I feel really good. And today I'm going to take a little bit. And even just that little bit of space that you can give yourself, it's not gonna change the tempo of the piece, it's not gonna but it might change the mood, it might change mm. the yeah. You could make it louder or softer, and you have all this space to play. But that only comes once you know exactly what you're gonna do. Yeah, so this you would say that it's Have you ever felt
0: before a piece? Have you ever felt like, ooh, I did not practice enough? Or I didn't, but that or does that happen to you? No. opera, um, because you do practice so much that mm-hmm. it's not possible. For it to happen to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's my problem, right? Yeah, because, you know, this podcast is like... This is my... It, we've been doing this for two years now. Uh-huh. This is my quest uh-huh. to try to uh, get over my uh, ridiculous stage fright. Mm-hmm. And trying to find mm-hmm. out like what... Is, that's why I'm meeting different people uh, mm-hmm. who do different uh, kinds of things in in public. Like it, most people are performers, but mm-hmm. I also met with politicians and other people holding speeches. And trying to find out... What their secret is on how to deal with stage fright? Now mm-hmm. you say you don't have any, and it sounds like well, you don't have it do because get, you know what you're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And but I like, mean, I also know what I'm doing, but I right. always start. I will start
0: doubting myself then, and I was like, you No, know, isn't that? That's the th- thing. It's a self doubt. This yeah. is the doubt. I'm always like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have that with singing. When I'm mm-hmm. like singing with my, because this is just like just that I know. Mm-hmm. Like it, it also can't go so bad if right. I like if I hit a.
1: That's one wrong note. Exactly.
0: god, like yep. who cares? Yep. But when I do theater pieces where you have to like where it, or worst of all is of course comedy which is the like it, I mean it's the hardest thing to oh, do sorry. on stage. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. because if you fuck up, it's uncomfortable for everybody <laughs> yes. for a very long time. Yes. And yes, yes. It is the, it's the worst because it's hard. you're also you're also dependent on uh, immediately on the uh, audience immediate reaction because uh-huh. if if you do your aria, uh, mm-hmm. for example, nobody's in the middle of it
1: gonna go like mm. yeah
0: exactly like, like it's not gonna Boring. It's, not, it's, like, it's not gonna
1: happen although sometimes i'd like to do that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean not to myself but yeah, uh, not
0: uh, <laughs> but so so this is what this is like what i'm trying to and now i hmm. i know you're very you're very disciplined right you're a very chill person, I now I'm, chill so excited. person. I'm sitting here yelling yeah you're for for doing what you do. I mean, I, I got so surprised when I first got to know each other. I was so happy because we were both like we we are good we're, we're good wine drinkers let's yes, say its yes. yeah <laughs> yes. And, and I was so excited. I was like, Oh, but, but I thought that you, you know, you go to bed every, you know, you're, you're being careful with your um, vocal cords <laughs> and your project. voice is like, yes, I have to go to bed now at nine. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, you can party and I like that. And mm-hmm. you have this very relaxed approach, but you're also very disciplined.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, it's, a tough, it's a tough line to, mm-hmm. or balance to find, but mm-hmm. it's all about the balance, which is something my voice mm-hmm. teacher continuously said. It's all about the balance. But I think... You know, it, I do know if I have tomorrow a big sing and I know I have to sing, you know, Cozy Fantute, a big four-hour-long opera, I'm going go to try to go to bed earlier. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I'm hydrated. You know, I do I do have a certain degree of discipline, but I also know myself really well. And I know, okay, two glasses of champagne isn't going to kill me. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm only going to drink an entire bottle when I know I have like two days where I don't have to do too much. Um, I also have to say I've learned a lot by being forced to work when I'm tired or hungover or mm. in a bad mood. Mm. Then you really learn, okay, what are my actual boundaries mm-hmm. versus what I'm just putting into my head? Mm. Um, yeah, and every body is different, and since the body is the instrument, you do have to really get to know it and know what works, what doesn't work, and that's not an easy process either. Yeah, I mean, there's a and there's a lot of understanding for your own body that you have to find through all of that which is not super easy either um but i personally don't think you can come too far if you don't take that time to really figure it out yeah well that was very deep of me. Yeah, yeah yes i'm also mm-hmm. sitting here like
0: okay thank you
1: <laughs> so you have to go deep inside and get to know yourself <coughs>
0: Help- helpful helpful yeah, no, yeah. no, <laughs> yes.
1: know your own <laughs> grandson your own boundaries
0: but are you never scared of? Are you never scared of voice breaking? Like, are you never scared that like you are doing something, something's gonna happen?
1: Um, no, I've never felt that. I've never. That is so cool. Not, I'm knocking on wood now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I knock with right? you because that's um, and I've been cool. in
1: productions with with singers who are like, I don't think I can get through it, and mm-hmm. I've never felt that way, ever. Wow. Um, but I did do one. I, there was one show of a production I did where I really didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. I did not feel well, and I thought, oh. But I was single cast, and I knew I had to do it, and it was work. I mean, I really worked my ass off Mm. that night. But I got through it. Was it the most glorious I've ever given? No. But was it still more than enough? Yeah, Fine. I was wasted tired afterwards. But, um, yeah, it's it's doable. But, of course, it was also a piece that wasn't too difficult for me, and I was, you know, it, it depends on what you're working on. But... And the voice changes too I mean there are things now That I wouldn't sing anymore That I mm. sang 10 years ago mm-hmm. I'm just like No there's no point In me singing that I've moved on I need different music For the voice For the voce.
0: Yeah but I'm, I'm so I'm staring I'm staring
1: at that now. like a crazy person <laughs> like, What do you mean you know, No I never had that What No it's weird It's weird And maybe I'm just Maybe I'm crazy I mean maybe I No I, I think maybe- that is
0: less so, No <laughs> <laughs> That sounds amazing And healthy Maybe yeah, I'm delusional <laughs> I know, that's it's great, possible. but you so seldom get to hear that. That is so... Did you ever have, like, did you ever have a... But did anything ever happen on stage to you? Did something ever happen where it's like, can, have, you got, have you a funny story of something? Like, you know, you know this where, where everything, when you stand there and you're doing, you know, it's it doesn't have to be you now, mm-hmm. but you're standing, you're doing something, and then immediately you go like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. And you just see, you just know, like, oh, this is just, this, this is not... There's no chance <laughs> I wrong. can save this now. Mm-hmm. This is... It's going down
1: mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, it was a brief moment, but it was definitely a moment. I was doing. Um, I was singing Donna Anna in Don Giovanni, and this is the role I've probably sung the most. Yeah. And which means you kind of get into a little bit of a routine, and it was the, her big aria, which has um, basically a repeat, a repeat, right? But it changes ever so slightly and goes into another section, and I, I just jumped to the second part in my mind, and I, I sang. The, a couple measures where it was the wrong part. Oh no! And I, it started happening. I was like, Oh no! <laughs> and I, I like stared at my conductor like, huh? and he's like, Huh? <laughs> and so I kind of got from his eye contact like, I'm gonna keep going. You figure it out. I'm like, I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> but you know, you're in that moment like, do I stop singing? do I continue on this? Because it's harmonically, it sounded terrible. Because, yeah, but also
0: uh, the audience, the people who go to it, they know this
1: also. This yeah. is the, also the worst with opera right. because they
0: know, they've they heard these pieces a hundred thousand times. They know exactly. <laughs> they are experts. They know,
1: yeah. And it was, you know, I'm supposed to be like singing to the tenor. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out, but it was really, uh, oh no, oh no, this just happened. How do I save myself? But it- And you it, save yourself- yeah. And it didn't traumatize you. No. And I have to thank my conductor for that, too, because other conductors might have gotten like, oh, shit, is she... okay, then we'll jump. And, but he's just like, no, you're going to find me. <laughs> <And> <laughs> 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 Thankfully, we'd worked together a lot, so <laughs> it worked. But that is great. And another time, I yeah. was. this was back in my study, in my studententagen, yeah. um, there was this scene where I had to kind of faint backwards and I did and I had this big dress it was a Mozart opera mm-hmm. and somebody stepped on the back of my dress and then they to, like pushed me forward and my dress just ripped open in the back no no yeah, completely ripped open it was like a corset and then like a big skirt and it ripped open in the back and I was just I was just wearing like a thong <laughs>
2: <laughs> and everyone heard <laughs> and I'm like
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I just grab it and I hold it but everybody everybody in the cast on my ass that night it was it was <laughs> but yeah, really? it's one of those like how do I regain my composure? Yeah. <laughs> and then also how do you leave the stage? Exactly. You just like that's when you sideways like skids. Mm-hmm. Everything really? front, so all the staging went out the window. It's just like I'm standing here with my hand <laughs> on my back. Thank you Until so much. Until I get to leave the this. stage. <laughs> I love it. Yes.
0: Oh, but yeah, but these these are the stories that also that, that makes it for me. Yeah, I don't know. Is that true? I don't know I'm very good at remembering. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, I've. I've also had things in my life that went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. <laughs> I, I, yes, uh, they, they went well. But I tend to forget about them, mm-hmm. and I focus on everything that always went shit. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm not doing it deliberately, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what happens to me. Like mm-hmm. I think, of course, this I I, I have horrible imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm, God, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, to you know to to this is. this this podcast is a way of trying to get over it uh yes Uh, i know that it's because you know it's a lot of because women and patriarchy and also because of my class Mm -hmm. and it's a lot like i know where it comes from fine i just don't know how to to get rid (laughs) of it yes (laughs) so i know that it's it's, it's part of that um do you ever have that like do you ever feel like do you have imposter syndrome that you're like
1: I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Nobody Mm -hmm. knows. Yeah? Yeah. Oh my God. I think you're singing today. Oh my God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think uh, for me, yes, absolutely. Um, It's definitely better now than it's it's ever been. And that came from me really deciding okay, well, the opera industry. Yeah. Yeah. The opera industry is a tough one because it is so very specific. Um, you know, we're up again Every time I, as a soprano Go into an audition And say, I'm going to sing Ach, ich fühl's von die Zauberflöte mm-hmm. They're like, okay Well, I'm going to compare you to 250 years worth of other singers mm-hmm. And do you match exactly What I think you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. The answer is going to be 99% of the time, no Yeah uh, So that just starts to wear on you A bit And then you start thinking Well, maybe I'm not any good And, mm-hmm. you know And, <laughs> <laughs> and But then I kind of, I tried to find a niche where I felt like I was really strong, where I felt like I can use these unique talents that I have. So a big change came for me when I did an audition in Berlin, not in, in Munich for the ZAV, which is this Centrale Agentur Vermittlung. And they are basically agents for all of the state-run theaters. So it's good to know, good to know these people. And I always came in and sang traditional arias, traditional arias, And then I came in the last time and I sang some contemporary arias, Mm -hmm. things written in the last 30 years. And they were like, okay, so now this sort of makes sense. And they literally told me, the greatest thing about me and the worst thing about me is that my voice is recognizable and unique. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's why I'm not going to have the type of success that you might have in these... um, these repertory houses because they really do want singer A to be able to be replaced by singer B Mm. and the audience shouldn't even notice. The costume should fit exactly the same. It should sound the same. Everything should be the same.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: Why would they want that? I know, but bless these women for telling me that and just saying, we're not going to send you out to become sissing Mimi and La Boheme and Chateate X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. But if it's a contemporary piece or something like this, great, let's do yeah. it. So I thought, okay, message received. Mm-hmm. Not that I can't sing a great Mimi in La Boheme. Yeah. I would love to sing that, yeah. but I just know what I'm up against. Yeah. So instead of thinking, okay, I'm not good enough to sing Mimi, it's, oh, now's not the time for me to sing Mimi yeah. or whatever. I mean, how do I, I also, opera is a tough nut because you have all of this tradition, 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 but it also is its own discipline. Like opera singing is its own unique thing that I think is really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being able to do it. And it's not just singing Mozart and, and Strauss. It's the actual act of opera singing I find so fascinating. And I really have found myself drawn to new opera, contemporary opera, working with modern composers to use this art form as a way to do something different doesn't have to always be the same thing. No, I I, I like hearing
0: that. I yeah. like hearing that very much. Yeah. I think also a lot of people uh, who are not... Uh, who doesn't have opera as their genre that they're into uh, totally, totally underestimate what it is to hear opera live. They go like, I know opera, I don't like it because they heard it on the radio or oh. they heard it from somebody's album. And I said... And, and, and it's like, yeah, but have you ever... have you ever been in a room and really heard this live? Because I... I if you don't get a little bit of tear in your eye, there's something wrong with you. Because it's something, it it hits you and it also hits you physically. It's visceral. Exactly, because of the vibrations Mm -hmm. that are in the room and what happens. And this happens to me every time. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to
1: like it Mm -hmm. always. I don't always have to like it, but it does something to Mm -hmm. me. I'm so happy to hear you say that because that is something that now, for me, really in the beginning, it was, oh my God, these voices and oh my God, this music. But now it's just... The actual act of opera is so human, yeah. and there's so much potential for it. I also think it's an incredibly adaptable art form because you just need trained singers and an acoustic string quartet, and you can take it anywhere. Yeah, it's so cool, and the the sounds that you, don't, you, connect, you don't have to have a sound system no, or anything. You can nothing. just yes. And fuck it is that guy with the guitar by the fire. Like fuck that. Opera sing it baby. Exactly. Woo!
0: Exactly. Really. But yeah, it's
1: visceral and like what a feeling to feel like when I'm on stage and I'm singing, you can feel you get to feel the vibrations of my voice in your body. Literally. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it's no, so it is. Cool. It is. And that comes from your from yeah. the from your vocal cords, from yeah. your chest and it's everything. Yeah. And it's I, I think it's no, it's really it's I, I'm it's like a little bit for me, opera is very similar to punk rock for me. Mm-hmm. And I will explain why. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like real punk rock now, not like some kind of diaper punk rock that you hear like Green Day or whatever bullshit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ramones. But (laughs) uh, no, uh, it's uh, it's nothing that I listen to at home, Mm -hmm. but this is something that I love to experience live. And it has to do with the experience of it. I also, I love a really good really good punk concert or a really good hardcore concert because of the energy that is on stage and through the screaming and everything that comes out and that is also what I feel about the opera, that what is the sound and what it does to you, really Mm. also physically, what you feel and also the the whole stimmung, the Atmosphere. atmosphere yes yeah, and that is... uh It's for real. I did not realize that that is something that they are... That's why I like them both like this. Mm-hmm. This is first time ever mm-hmm. I said that. But it's its really true. Dude. I never listen to punk. Like, I always said, yeah, I'm into punk. And, but I never listen
1: to it at home. I can't. I can't stand it. It's, nope. it's exhausting. No, there are certain art forms that are meant to be yeah. experienced live. And yeah. that's something that in this pandemic mm-hmm. also... Really got to me because I did a lot of um, recordings and, and and you know at home things and I'm like this is not what I do this this is not what I do I'm not a recording artist mm-hmm. no. I'm not. Yeah, and I, I, ugh, I just need that energy exchange. I need to be in the room with people. I need to just give and take. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah, But comedy is also comedy. It's not for. I mean, yeah, you, you, you can't can, tell jokes no. into the ether. <laughs> no. I mean, boring. I mean, you can watch.
0: You can watch comedy. Like this, is something that also uh, made me uh, also a little bit. Ugh, that it took me a while to to understand. I don't know if I'm slow, but. Um, Oh, you
1: have automatic lights oh, here. Oh yes, my husband must be coming home. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I heard him leave. Okay. So
0: the, uh, the room just lit up. It's like this. I'm, I got I got a smart idea, and the room just <laughs> yes super lit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it took me a really long time to realize. Uh, that it's directed and edited, and 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 you know, the comedy specials mm. that you look and I'm like, oh God, I'm not so tight. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't know why it took me so long. I was like, I'm so stupid. Oh, but this is because an then issue. when you see unedited uh, yeah. stand up comedy material, of course, it's not as tight. Yeah. You have a lot of fillers, you have a lot of meh, meh, eh, like mm-hmm. uh, the sounds that you make. And I was desperately trying to measure myself to those and trying to cut my you know, how I, how, how I talk and it was very scripted and it just became really stiff. Yep. So, so all of these things that you don't realize what, yes, that has nothing to do with what we talked about before, but I just want to share no, that. It's that,
1: but, yes. that but, but that feeds into this idea that you're not good enough, mm-hmm. that you're not doing it right. Exactly. exactly. And, and I've experienced that with opera as well. It's like, okay, I can't measure up to a perfectly digitized recording of X, Y, and Z. It's also not nearly as thrilling. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Songers, nothing like the real there. thing. Yes,
0: Mom, I have. I have a. a, a, a sub. Um, uh,
1: how do you feel about watching yourself or listening to yourself? How oh. do you feel about that? Mm. Mixed. I feel mixed about it. I definitely have learned to distance myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It is hard though. It is difficult because. We have extra critical ears when it comes to judging ourselves. Oh my mm-hmm. God, learning to to judge myself as I would judge others. Oh God, isn't that? Oh. I'm still learning that, but I'm I'm okay with it now. I'm yeah. really okay with it now, and I'm, you know, I I know my strengths and my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, and sometimes you just need to. If I have a recording that I did on Wednesday, I won't listen to it for at least a week. Yeah. Just to give myself a distance because you're still fresh in the idea of what you did right and what you did wrong. Um, I just did a couple recordings, video recordings of some arias, mostly for my agent and to put things online. But, you know, after going through the video editing process and seeing the same thing six or seven times, all I see is mistakes. That's all I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is awful. And and my lipstick doesn't look right. (laughs) (laughs) That curl is out of place. I have to redo it. (laughs) It's not good enough. I'm terrible. (laughs) And then I remember Anne. Yeah, step away. Yeah, it's it's a hard, it's a balance. It's hard, but I'm definitely more okay with it now than I was ten years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm trying mm-hmm. to. This is something that I've uh, been through. This podcast, like in the beginning, I always listened to it uh, first, and then I wrote the text. Mm-hmm. And the longer it went on, I don't think something happened. It was some moment where I was getting, so, I, I could not take my. I, I think I had it was some episode where I was so I don't know I was overly excited about something, but I had like this really high pitched voice throughout the whole, and it, it was 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 unbearable. And I was like, how can anyone listen to this? <laughs> right. This is, and then after that I couldn't. Yeah. I just heard the first hello and welcome, and
1: I was like, Ugh, bleh, 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 barf, barf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm really. no good. I'm no good. I need to quit exactly. now. Yeah, it's it's, over. it's, it's, over. it's <laughs> over. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else. Going back to school. Done. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> this is, it's horrible. It's horrible. horrible. How can anyone? Um, now it's I'm hard trying to, to get back skill. to Yeah, I think it's a skill I think it's like most skills you just have to practice it but it's hard it's so hard and I think then it also helps to have somebody else that you trust mm-hmm. who you can send it to that's something that's helped a lot i have a a gaggle of girls that who are also performers so I'm like listen to this and tell me what you think yeah, yeah. And i trust them yeah, like, yeah
0: exactly and then you can uh, and tell mm-hmm. me like please can you tell me is this super embarrassing i mean don't tell me if it's too bad because it's out there right. already i already did this so don't you know don't make me sad but mm-hmm. please help me from not repeating the same mistake right. i'm trying to do that too right um it's good to have a team. It is, it is, it is. But mm-hmm. I also then realized I'm I, I don't know, I have so high expectations
1: on myself. I know. It's, imposs- yeah. it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I'm never gonna make myself happy. Yeah. But that's but that's also not necessarily a bad thing, right? Exactly, because we're also. always trying to do something more. Yeah, it is. Always ever onwards, striving onward. But it's important to have a standard that you hold yourself to. Hi, husband. Hello. Hi. Yeah,
0: we're we're live on the podcast, but we're still
1: but recording. yeah, we're still yeah.
0: recording. It's fine. But Marcel come, yeah, oh. coming with beer, we're very happy.
1: It's a good man. Yeah,
0: Yavor. <laughs> 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 we're gonna ra- we're gonna so we're gonna thank you so much, honey. We're gonna yeah. wrap it up now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love. It. This is the second time in a podcast where uh, the the partner came, uh, partner partner man, yeah, man partner, uh, came with drinks. Yeah, I think it's nice to see. Uh, heterosexual women having nice husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I have no idea how to get I, out of hey, where I started but you know what nope, I mean. No, I completely agree this with you.
1: I completely agree with you.
0: Speaking of feminism, this is yes. something, uh, I have two questions left. Yes. This is a question just popped up to my, uh, popped up in my head. Doing art and performance and whatever, uh, women, uh, you know, women has, have to be uh, 22 forever, uh, you know, in in, yeah. uh, in all the fields. And, 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 and this is, which is ridiculous. For Ugh. example, what comedy, like, wh- why would you, I mean, that's a little bit better, but still. Opera mm-hmm. has
1: always allowed women to age. Is that correct? Yes. Um, it's a little bit different. I th- I think it's a little different now. And I say that because, I mean, I've been, I started studying in... 2000. So mm-hmm. it's been 21 years since I started studying. Mm-hmm. Well, not quite. It was the fall of 20 of 2000. Anyway, yeah. um, but also from my voice teacher who moved here. She's an American as well, but she moved here in the late 70s. And she's also noticed a big change because of the visual aspect of our times. But at the same time, you can make yourself look however old you want to look. Um, but it's true. I mean, there is an understanding that a woman at the age of 35 is not over the hill in terms of her singing. I mean, she's, no, that's, the, that's the beginning of the prime. Exactly. It is, yeah. right? And that yeah. you don't have in any other like field mm-hmm. fields
0: of art, I would say, yeah. right? Because dance... I mean, now everybody is going... It of course has never been correct. That mm-hmm. is uh, patriarchy. That yeah. that it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but with opera, that was allowed. That yes. was something also that I was I was fascinated by when I was a kid without knowing why. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple, of, because we never had like, they were never big in the high arts, but then there was like two, two, especially one very famous opera singer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Birgit Nilsson. Oh, uh, yes, oh. I was uh, oh. very fascinated with her as a kid and that, mm. was, that was one.
1: Rightfully so. She's fa- If you don't know Birgit Nilsson, please look her up. Yeah. She's amazing. That's a diva and I oh. love how she talked. And I remember
0: that I somehow realized she's old. Mm-hmm. And she still gets to do this. Mm-hmm. But why don't the other? I don't get it. And mm-hmm. then a little bit, some people got it if they looked young, like Tina Turner, mm-hmm. that was acceptable, right. that she was then. So you always thought, but oh, that's fascinating with operas. Mm-hmm. So that is a thing, it's not just in my yeah. head. that is.
1: Yeah, but though there is a little bit of a dangerous trend, no, it's not really a trend anymore, it's kind of a precedent. They um, have started with these young artist programs where. You know, they'll exclude singers who are 30 years old, which is very young for oh, an really? opera yeah. singer. You know? It is, no? Um, and if you don't get a start when you're very young like that, it's hard then to break in. So if you go in and you have no experience and you're 35, people will be like, hum, 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 even though you might sing like a goddess. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say, mm, but where's your experience? And these young artist programs really use... Use singers. They use them and they give them roles that are too big or they give them too much responsibility for these very young voices that are not ready to take on too much. Of course, at 28, you can sing full roles without yeah. a doubt, but you can't do too much. The voice is still not a hundred percent there. So yeah, I mean, yes and no, but of course, I mean, I'm, I'm not, even, not yet 40 mm-hmm. and I'm still completely in the prime of my voice. I don't think that I'm at any disadvantage right now in terms of getting roles yeah um and there are more roles that i can sing now than i could five years ago so and you can sing well into your 60s Yeah, you know, do you think th- they
0: do this because they want to form them is this this classical thing like they do with theater school where they go like you're 22 you're too old because they actually want to shape them so much and everything think- and, and shape them in how they want them to be i mean we change times are changing yeah times i
1: think changing. it's a little bit that but i also think it's it's cheap labor. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, of they course. They get it done
1: cuz there of are course. a lot of young singers. And what I've noticed now throughout the years is there comes a, for a lot of people they want to be done when they're 28 or 30. Mm. It's a it's tough. I mean, you have to have a certain skill set that they don't te- it's not just about singing beautiful music and being on stage. You have to be able to withstand all the rejection and looking for the next job and learning new repertoire and constantly reinventing yourself. Constantly, you have to constantly be figuring out where you fit in which can be really exhausting um but i'm a freelancer and that's a different thing talk to somebody yeah. who's fest in a house and maybe it's different but i think that yeah i mean a lot of people right around the age of 32 33 they say okay i'm done yeah. i'm gonna do something else yeah and if you stick it out i mean yeah. keep going you're fine oh
0: that's nice last words <laughs> i love that thank you i yeah, have a, one yeah. last question yes Butterflies or bumblebees? Bumblebees. Why, why? Oh, that
1: came very quick. How mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come? I don't... Butterflies, for me, I, I always found them kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're so... I don't know. Ugh, I, uh. But I think it could also be... My sister was always afraid of moths as, yeah. a, as a kid. There's a lot of people. I have one of my best friends is also
0: uh, terrified of moths. And yeah. I'm like, what, that, it's just... Yeah, she's. It's just a goth terrified. butterfly. Exactly. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Like, it's like.
1: This is... I'm normally going to wear gray. Exactly.
0: It's, it's <laughs> a butterfly without the colors. Right. Why
1: are you so mean? Yeah. yeah. But she was terrified. She is. T- yeah. Well, she's not terrified anymore, but she hates them, yeah. right? But as a kid, she was terrified. And um, in, when we were teenagers, we did a summer theater production together. And I was, it was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Totally sexist piece that needs to be out loud, <laughs> but that's a whole nother. a whole other thing. Whew. But I was one of the brides, and I had this wedding dress on on the end, and we were outdoor theater, and this moth, and I'm not kidding you, it was like the size of a piece of bread. It was huge, <laughs> and it got caught in the layers of my dress. It was like flapping around, and my sister was on stage, she's like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> So that goes. Yeah. So I think butterflies are just <laughs> connotated with that.
0: Butterflies are just are just sleepy moths. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but then also on the other side, also relating to my sister. Her daughter, so my niece. Her name is Beatrice, and she goes by B. So she's our little bumblebee. B- oh, yeah, that's
0: nice. Yeah, I don't know. I love bumblebees. It's they're just so cute. It's just something. And but every time I asked my guests this question when they go butterflies, I always felt a little bit guilty. I was like, Yeah,
1: okay. I also <laughs> like butterflies too. Yes, they're special and no, pretty and beautiful. I don't, I don't but like. I am a big bumblebee. I don't like butterflies like on anything. Like I don't like patterns that have yeah. butterflies or. Butterflies on my toilet paper. I don't know. I just I don't need butterflies. You don't need butterflies, no. no. But bumblebees Bumble on the toilet bees. paper would be amazing. Oh, cute. How oh, oh. cute? See, let's do it. Let's be millionaires.
0: Yes. <laughs> I think I think this is what the world is looking for. See, this is why we had this conversation. So yeah. we could
1: Come up think, with bumblebee up toilet with paper. Fraser Lee, Fraser it's Lee not about art, you guys. Toilet this toilet is paper. just yeah. about our new yeah. idea. Don't you go stealing it, listeners. No, no. It's ours. Patents, quit. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: call and, my lawyer. And weaving. And weaving. I never said it before. And thank you so much for having us. This was oh, so much welcome. fun, and it made me feel really good. I oh, love Karen. your incredible matter-of-fact uh, being. You must be a very happy person, I think.
1: I, I am. Yeah. I am. I, th- in in the in my baseline, I am. I have. You know, you go through tough times and you yeah. go through times of doubt. But I don't know. There's just sort of. I've always walked the on day. the sunny side of the street. Yeah, I'm too. gonna move on over, which is not easy, and I know that, and it's. Oh easier for some than others, and I'm yeah. grateful that I'm able to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. no, Yeah, I know, me too. But, yeah. Yeah, no. I make lemonade. I think you do, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I we also do. really like lemonade. A little sugar, so. and there's a... And you yeah. can toss a little something in there. A little gin. A little gin, whatever, oh, and you gin. feel a good.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> hey, and thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I thank mean, you. Ganz gerne. Oh, love it. Love thank it. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you, Philip,
0: for... Thanks, uh, Philip. Uh,
1: yes, thank you.
0: And also to...
1: To myself, your husband, yeah. yeah,
0: myself for the beer. Yes. And thank you to all the listeners for uh, yet uh, having patience with me and uh, for being here again. And uh, the next episode is going to come out really soon. Yeah, Philip was like, don't make promises you can't make <laughs> that you can't fulfill. It will. Hello again. Um, this is Denise Bourbon uh, back A week later, after we recorded the podcast, I was a little bit too excited after our talk that I completely forgot to ask Anne for a track of her singing. Uh, So therefore, I'm sitting here now in my little atelier and uh, recording this on my phone so that we can add it to the podcast afterwards. And this is what you're hearing now. So you are now going to hear Anne Wieben sing... Meine Lippen, Sie küssen so heiß. It's from the operetta Giuditta by Leha. This is a live recording uh, from Anne <laughs> and also from me, uh, and uh, not a studio recording, so bear that in mind. But enjoy her beautiful, beautiful voice. <laughs>